Just people, how is everyone? Tara, thank you so much for joining us. Um, let's let's get straight into it. Let's let's do your let's do your journey. We were talking about let's go. We were talking about the podcast off. We had to quickly get on. So let, let's carry on talking. So I just asked, um, did you know everyone prior to starting the show? No. So well, it's one of those things that we were all LinkedIn connections <laughs> because uh, all of us we all do a very very similar role, all at different stadiums and sporting venues, um, all in the commercial you know sales aspects of um, stadia and sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all kind of knew who each other were, but we weren't we weren't friends, so to speak, at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, Be A Good Sport had already sort of started before I came on board and I came on board because Max, the founder, had read my blog on LinkedIn and then like had reached out and was like, we want you to join and I was like, okay, cool. And at this point, we didn't really know what it looked like. Mm -hmm. Um, Max had started it in lockdown, just him, one man band, writing articles and blogs each week. And that had been like hugely successful and then obviously got the support of me and the other hosts and and then the podcast form so it was almost like the blog gone live (laughs) so that's the the background but obviously now we are all friends and we all do speak daily and like we were saying earlier like there's five of us there's five of us to bounce off ideas uh new things new ideas what guests what we're going to focus on next so yeah that is crazy like that no one i mean again like no one knew each other prior but it's just like like-minded people yeah. coming together um yeah <clears throat> that's like a bit like me and you really isn't it jay like me, me and jay still haven't met in person yeah like which is yeah. like nuts still um, yeah but it's it is like i feel like lockdown created that even more that like you i made like almost like internet internet friendship groups yeah and like it was it's it's, it's been a it's been a bit nuts really but it is like so good that you're able to make friends and like make connections like this. Cause I always thought like being an adult, like this is going off tangent, but being an adult, I found like really hard to make friends. Like everyone's sorted. Everyone kind of, yeah. Like, like, especially it. like first days anymore. So it's like every other like day. School you all meet people or work, you meet people. Yeah. And then like uni, you meet people, but I moved away each time. And then, I came and I was freelance, so I was only in the office like once and then not really being around people all the time. And I was like, bro, like, how do adults make friends? Like, what's going on? Like, I can't just kick a ball about and then some guy goes, oh, can I have a go, mate? And then we're mates, like, I can't have an adult. (laughs) You know what? Like, what I will say on that, given my, like, day job and and my career history, predominantly coming from, like, a commercial sales target driven background like you're constantly talking to people you're constantly mm. having to be the one in the room that has to work the room get as many connections as possible you know go to as many events as events as possible which is like some people's worst nightmare like it really obviously does take a certain type of person to to do that job mm. and I think you get to a point like especially like in lockdown and and probably just before that blog of mine was published just like you get to point like who are actually my friends and who are actually my clients and actually do I have any friends <laughs> or have I just tried to sell to everyone on my LinkedIn <laughs> it is it is hard like <clears throat> navigating I don't know like friendships as an adult is just yeah 
like because I look back at like my like people I went to school with who like stayed where we lived like where I grew up and everyone's still friends with people we were in school with or like year above year below sort of thing I think like you didn't make these friends as an adult you all knew of each other like so yeah it is a bit yeah it is is strange it's a strange you move away from your hometown yeah so I moved away for university and then didn't go back and then moved away from my university city to another city so like all the people that yeah I'd known at university were like oh I'm gonna stay and do a master's or oh I love it here I'm gonna like make my life here now I moved away from them as well so it's that bit I was like oh this is a bit weird like, like eventually one of my housemates moved um moved to Manchester with me and like we're like we were obviously best mates before but then we lived together for half more years and then it's sort of like we just hang out together now still like but yeah, yeah. it is it is like it's hard it was I did find it really hard I don't know where this is going this is this well, is no, blown I, up, I, but... yeah I only say because I, I left my hometown 14 years ago mm. I've just moved back now like this year and it's like interesting to come back because I was worried about like friendship groups and, and and the town dynamic when you've been gone for so long like mm. If I'd had a child, they'd be like finishing secondary school right now in that in that period. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Period of time, but it, what's really nice is that I've connected with with friends who are actually like all in the same position as me. We're all like you know the same age, the same point in our life. We've got the same sort of plan of what, what we we want to be doing at this point. So and they've all moved back as well. Mm. Like mm. friends, so it's actually really nice. So, so when you when you left first when you left your hometown was it did you go to university yeah yeah so plot twist <laughs> I had trained as a dancer at a musical theatre from a young age until 18 so when mm-hmm. I moved from my hometown to go to London it was to pursue that career mm. uh, what I thought at the time um it was very very short-lived <laughs> and I ended up dropping out of all of that and then going to university which is great because it meant I went back to university to study in events and fall back in love with sport again because then I ended up like captaining my hockey team my netball team um so it was kind of nice because I was kind of doing all the things I wanted to do maybe at 14 15 16 that I sort of wasn't doing at that time mm. so that's sort of what led me to London and then sort of following uni and then again, another plot twist, internships at like Ministry of Sounds. Um, whilst I was at uni, so I was like trying to balance the two, like for anyone oh, that's like, done an unpaid internship. Yeah, you know, the struggles of trying to do an internship. Both. Yeah, exactly. But I knew like having come from, having spent so much time on what I thought was going to try and focus this career on, on stage or, or in, in the art, of dance and musical theatre you know I've, I've obviously lost a lot of time having like not worked from you know like most people do like 16 17 18 mm. so I, like, I really really had to push myself to do as much as I, I could and I ended up getting a weekend job on top of that and then I ended up working for them as well like unpaid in their event team just so that I could get as much work experience as possible and then obviously you fast forward and here I am now I'm at Twickenham Stadium so I look back <laughs> I look back at those long days it was worth um, it. Yeah, definitely. What what year what year was you in when you were doing your internship? 
Oh, you can't ask questions like that. Now everyone's going to figure out my age. No, no like first, second, or third year. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, day, right. <laughs> um, I did. So I was obviously a year behind. No, a no, year no, behind. No, what, what year? So was you in like? <laughs> Because I was thinking, yeah, like, if it was your third year and you had, like, a dissertation and stuff... Yeah, that would be... That's even so more to go on. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm, yeah I'm trying no, to fake I, that I, out. <laughs> no, I probably worked the most in my third year. I remember doing, like, my weekend job, Saturday, mm. Sunday, and having to go home that Sunday night. I remember it so clearly to then write my... finish my dissertation for Monday morning. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I did the same thing. I was working, like... My my third year, I was still working like back home. I had like a weekend job, which was like every other week, oh, every other weekend to work what like four like four days out of the month sort of thing. And then I was working at City yeah. as well whilst doing it all. And like my work like, suffered. But after like a few months, I was like, you know what, I want to do this now. And like Barn University, exactly. I'll see what happens. And it was just like tunnel vision. Uh- Liam, I was exactly the same. I think once I'd got like a sense for the event world and a sense that like being hands on, my mm. my work did really, really slip as well. And I mean, <laughs> I, I scraped through, I got a 2-2, but I got like 59.85% or something. Oh, like, you're exactly the same as me. Yeah, and then everyone was like, are you not gonna contest it? Because that's like half percent off a 2-1. I was like, do you know what? I got the braid I deserved <laughs> because that's the work that I, I put in and I didn't even mm. bother contesting it because A, it could have gone down. <laughs> that's what and I did. I, oh my God. And I've never, ever, ever looked back because, yeah. That's no, that's, that's so weird. I did exactly the same, but anyone asked me, I always just call it a Desmond, then it? Like Desmond too, too. If I was going to get out of uni, I'm like, hey, I got a Desmond, don't worry. But, um, <clears throat> I got like, something high like you need six percent for a two one in it yeah and i yeah, like yeah. was round i was like scraping the barrel of like 58 59 and someone was like yeah. oh you should you should send it off and get rechecked and i was like i was like i weren't expecting this so i was like let's i was like let's leave it and since <laughs> then like no one's ever asked me if what i got like and then when i got right. my first like full-time job like at city my one of my managers was like, oh, he was like, how would you, how do you feel about going to uni? And I was like, what? And he's like, oh, like we're doing, we're like, we're looking like exploring people going to uni, like doing a course alongside work. And he's like, would, um, he's like, would having a degree be something you're interested in? I was like, bro, I've got a degree. And he's like, I on that. and I was like, yeah, like you've seen my CV. And he was like, <laughs> didn't, he's like, honestly, didn't even read it. And I was like, oh, cool. Like whatever. And it's like, I, I always say that like, I loved uni and I do think it was a sick experience, but I don't know if I'd recommend it to everyone. No, I'm having similar conversations now with like the uh, you know younger family members that are starting to think about that, starting to think about college and stuff. And I, I'm kind of the same, but it's a hard one for me because a a it got me out of my hometown. It got me living in London. Mm. It got me my internship. It got me that like that paid job, that unpaid job that then got me the paid job. And like, I learned all these things at university, but not actually related to the degree. Yeah. So like bittersweet at the same time. So I think I, I think there's so many opportunities out there now, especially in like sports and events for you to to get hands on 
almost straight away. And if you want a degree, then look at getting your degree on the side of the job. But I think, I think my advice to young people would be do what you want to do, do what you feel right. Some people that is going to university, that is getting the degree. If it's like, if your gut is telling you like, oh, I'm not sure. And, and mm. you're in an industry where you feel like you could get work is to, to research companies out there that will take you on. And, and also get a mentor, like reach out to people in the industry, like reach out to people on LinkedIn that maybe have your dream job and just ask for, for guidance. I think, I think people like, I'm more than happy to do it now. I've done it with, with a few people. I see like great reward, just helping people get their first job. I, I love it. Maybe I should work in recruitment. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think my advice would be is to, to have a think and I think get, get a good mentor. Yeah, definitely. I think it definitely does help. Um, I've got like a couple of mentors and then I've helped people before. Just like if they just want to pick my brain and you like I've had my journey's been so linear, like I haven't really done yeah. anything. Like so much yeah. advice I give, I'm like, I didn't do any of that. But <laughs> like yeah. if I could go back and do it again and didn't have this opportunity, that's what I'd be doing. But um yeah, yeah, it is re- it is rewarding like seeing someone that you've helped and then they're like, Oh, like I got I got this job and I'm like, Yeah, that's sick. Like yeah. I just think like it costs nothing, done it. It's a chat at the end of the day, like or uh, yeah. you're writing a message to them like bro it's going to take yeah. 10 minutes out of my day an hour out of my day and yeah. like who cares um what, what, what i've got want to go back i want to I'll, you said it earlier but i want, I want to touch it, but i thought i'd let you finish university sports what, what was your experience university sports because uh, at university yeah. i didn't like sports teams bro. Like, i went I uni for one year and we lost every single basketball match we played but one we played <laughs> six games and we lost five Games. One game we lost by eighty-seven points, <laughs> and, we was in, and we was in the dressing room with them, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, good game, guys." And we were like, "What oh, was the score?" Like, oh, we won by eighty-seven. We were like, eighty-seven. It, it came to a point we forgot that they were scoring. Like we were just like, I don't know what we were, but like no we defense. Just vibes. We were just in order. <laughs> I like that's uh, always my memory. That's always my memory of university sports. I'm like, it can really be rough. <laughs> yeah it do you know what it, again it depends which way I want to look at it because <laughs> I can look at it as in do you know what it got me back into sport which you know I've fallen out of love with for, for multiple different reasons at the age of 19 and it got me playing sport again um for you know four years it got me um you know I, I went on tour yeah, I'm sure you know what tour is at university that was fun and I got to captain a hockey team I got to cap- captain a mixed hockey team which at that time um and at, and at that year I was the first female captain of the hockey team so I look back at it at all the positive oh, that's, that's pretty cool that's nice. yeah yeah and I was second year as well so I it was like second year female first like I had everything against me and I got it so I look good back and I'm like you know what yeah it, that was amazing yeah, but then cool. like I also look back at it and I'm like I spent a lot of unnecessary time drinking in the, in the issue and you know doing things now like I just couldn't like initiations like and and those Wednesday nights and just things that I could never imagine myself doing now or ever wanting to encourage and yeah. feel, again like we bring like the mentor piece back into it you know I'd love to go round to universities and check on their sports culture because it's gonna like if it's anything like it was like when I was at uni like that whole 
drinking like Wednesday night or you can't come in the SU unless you're in a sports team like it's just everything like I'm against now yeah, yeah like, I was very much against it all when I was at uni exactly. like, I think it was I, I always used to think like me my friendship was like five of us and three yeah. of us were all had all like taken a year out or like redone so we came in like a bit older than yeah. everyone else and I remember like one of my friends he was on the football team and he was like oh like we had to eat a raw fish they brought out yeah. a raw fish and we all had to eat it or we weren't gonna be allowed to play and I was like yeah I was like what and he's yeah. like yeah this guy said if I don't eat this or I don't do that I'm not allowed to play and I was like yeah I was like I'm not I was like I'd never do that he's like yeah but you don't play though do you? you don't get it and I was yeah. like no I was like I don't need to be yeah. part of the team to get it I was yeah. like, like this is I was like this is bad I mean, like, yeah this is where I feel like, you know, universities maybe like, you know, need a check because people will A, not play sport for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you get, you know, and then and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, but you know, I didn't play football for a really, really, really long time for, for multiple different reasons, but you get a character that has lost their confidence, has gone to university, they're not gonna wanna play sport you know, then you're already putting up barriers in. And as a female, there's already enough barriers like, mm-hmm. for women not to play sport, like we don't need any more. So I, I feel like, and, I, and again, I say this from someone that graduated a while ago, like, I don't know what university culture is like now, but I think it would be good to maybe like check on those organizations and those universities and just make sure they are encouraging everyone. Like sport is for all, like mm. for everyone. Like, and I think I think it would be good to, to see what's going on there actually and see if it's still the same way because I think it's really sad like we've all sort of said the same thing and I and I know many of people that wouldn't have played sport for that exact reason as well I know people that like joined like the chess club and stuff just because the the aesthetic was better and the aura was better for them than, than joining football or... yeah no I, 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 I you've got to like your environment <clears throat> So, like, and I just think if someone, and this isn't just university, this is, and, and, I'm, and I'm speaking from a place on reflection now, to anyone to give up something they love for, for, for someone else's actions, I think is really, really sad. Mm. No, I agreed. It is, that was one of my worst things about university. Like, I never had bad experiences, but it was more like yeah. hearing what my friend said yeah and they were like excited to tell me they're like oh I'm, I did this 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 and now I'm gonna get to play and I was like I was like I don't know I was like I'm not like I'm not I'm not bitter like but why are you letting someone treat you like that sort of thing and they're like oh it's just what everyone does and it was that whole why don't you stop it oh no I'm not gonna stop it because so the thing the it's people so before me did it and then it's yeah. like I remember I had a friend called Matt and he was in the rugby team and he the worst initiation the year before like awful like I remember being like super upset about it or whatever and then the next year he's like telling me the stuff that he's getting the fresh to do I'm like I'm like bro like you were coming into lectures in tears like the day after yeah. like having not slept and like you're in tears and I was like why are you doing it he's like well they, they did it to me last year innit and I was That's like, system. I was like system. you're not getting it's back like, at anyone this yeah. isn't a revenge thing you don't know this kid like he's new yeah. but it, it is a very carry it over sort of thing yeah, I was. I always found it a, it's a, bit in of a like, toxic um, environment. Colleges, like American colleges, and like that whole kind of if you don't do these things, you don't get into the fraternity, and it's kind of like it's, yeah. I don't know how it's followed its way to the UK, and it's like I, I think a lot of people go to uni and they watch 
uni films and they've seen people doing stuff in uni films that they don't want to do and then they think that's real life but it's like that's not real life you, you know what it could be the other way around though jay because you think like cricket clubs and rugby clubs like away from even like football teams away from all of that all have their own initiations like mm. like you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a university thing it's you look at cricket clubs up and down the country and and rugby clubs for that as well and it's like it's all so centralized around drinking culture and yeah. then it just yeah just everything yeah. just sort of gets out of hand really doesn't it once once yeah. that stuff like that happens oh well, we saw it in um the cricket i can't remember the guy's name the cricket review that came out and he was muslim and he said he was forced to drink from like 15 like he wasn't you're not a union at 15 it's yeah. a, a cricket club and like you said he wants to play sport and it's a barrier and he obviously felt that he had to do that to be welcomed and accepted sort of thing and yeah it's it's it's, it's a sad it's a sad time because sport should be should be for everyone and regardless like yeah no I definitely agree and I think like since my days at uni I've definitely am now like more and more aware of other people's, you know, mental health, anxiety. And, you know, like for some people, just even getting the, the courage to even get out of their dorm room and going into mm. the bar, like that's a big deal for some people. Mm. And then let alone someone wanting to take that leap into joining the sports team and then just, you know, automatically having all those barriers put up and the social anxiety. And I think I think things have got better in terms of that. I think as, as people and as, as a as our culture goes we have a better understanding of yeah we're more aware definitely I think so I think we still have a, a lot of work to do I think everywhere workplaces if whoever you're on a train I think you know we need to be more understanding of people um people's unique conditions mental health barriers but you know for some people like I tell you what this reminds me of it's like that story where you know like when the pubs first opened after lockdown mm. and there was that older guy and he'd like had his shoes polished his suit dry cleaned he went to Weatherspoons oh god it makes me cry even thinking about it and he went to the bar like he lives on his own so he couldn't wait to be back in his local Weatherspoons getting mm. a, a pint and they were like oh it's all on app now I didn't, have yeah, the app, didn't, I didn't have the right phone. This guy didn't have a phone. Like, my heart just broke. <clears throat> it and is you know, like, like, I just hope someone helps him. Mm. <laughs> I just hope someone helps him. Yeah, I just like, think that just, like, like absolutely whole... broke my heart. And that's just like... Like, just, I don't know about everyone else, but I feel like growing up, it wasn't really like anxiety and depression and stuff wasn't really like you didn't really see it and I remember like no. first time seeing it and seeing like not seeing it but like seeing the word essentially and like was like like Tumblr and like early Facebook and it was like yeah. I was like what's this like why does this yeah. person like this group that says I'm depressed I was like what does that even mean and then like yeah it wasn't till like later in life then because I used to do stuff like I used to not like go into places if I was going to be the first person there like so yeah. say if we were like oh we'll go to the pub later yeah, yeah, yeah. and I got to the pub I'd look in and you lot weren't there I'd just go out and just walk around yeah look like I'm doing something so, yeah. and then yeah. like I could be there an hour early 
And then I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm late, guys. I was thing. And then it's like, I'm not because I'm just walking around. So I don't the first person there. But at the same time, my like, that was like an awful thing. Like, I hate don't want to be in there by myself. But at the same yeah. time, it's like I didn't want to get caught walk like walking the wrong way. Like if you, I was walking the wrong way and you were walking towards it, and you're like, where are you going? And I I could never be like, oh, I didn't want to go in there on my own. I'd be like, oh, like, I must have missed it or something. And someone's like, and for someone to be like, oh, we come here all the time. What do you mean you've missed it? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That was like a constant battle. And I was like, what like, what is this? And then someone's like, oh no, you're it's just like that, that makes you anxious, sort of thing. I remember like um having to almost train myself to go to like sit in places by myself because I just hate it. Mm. But even like now, I'm like, bro, like, I'm like, what time are you gonna be there? And it's like, oh, I'll be there in seven minutes. Bro, you better be there in seven minutes because I'll be there in seven minutes now. I'm nervous now. Like, I'm waiting. I'm in, at the bar. It's like when when you're a little kid and your parents leave you at the till and it's getting closer and closer to your turn. And you're looking, you're like, bro, I ain't got no money. So I feel like that now. You can't start scanning. Like, now. <laughs> like it's little yeah, things like that. It's so strange, isn't it? Because when you're a kid, you just think, oh, oh. just a bit scared. Like, you don't know how to identify that. But now I reckon, like, yeah. younger people are probably able to identify, not identify it, will be able to, um, like, articulate w- why they're feeling like yeah. it. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm a bit, I was a bit anxious yeah. today. But I'd be like, I'd be like oh, mm. I was scared that you were going to leave me. No, I wasn't. I knew my mum weren't going to leave me with all this shopping. That makes no sense. <laughs> but, like, yeah. it is, it is like the not having almost abandonment. a vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, like, I was always thinking. You would I have do it my girlfriend, like. At the shop. <laughs> in the big I hate room. it, like. That's honestly my worst fear for him to go through the last item and be like, oh, that's however much. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, I felt it the other day, like, I was in Lidl with my girlfriend. And my phone on me, I could have paid. But, like, she was getting something, and there was a world big queue, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm packing the bags or I hate when kids leave. That's the thing. That's what annoys me. Like, if I'm with my mum in the supermarket and she goes to get something else, because, like, I haven't planned to speak to the cashier. You never find each other. You never yeah. find each other. The key is, the key is, this is coming from someone who's worked in all the supermarkets, <laughs> as the Tesco's waitress. I've, I've worked Champions League of supermarkets. You go to right to the middle, like the middle aisle, where you can see down all of them, and you just go down and you you just look down both of them instead of going like at the bottom and looking trying to look up two yeah. aisles or three aisles you find yourself a middle point and you whip down and look that's that's the key that's how that's how they do it in the store you know that's why the, that's why they always you manager always finds when you're on your phone because you, they fly down the middle bit and you're like oh, shit, i've been down here again that's that's the key trust me no it's really interesting you saying about you being like for a really long time the guy who didn't want to walk into the pub first you know you walk around and you feel really nervous and you know a lot of that you know obviously has stayed with you I bet it comes back and I bet you get triggered quite easily with that when someone doesn't turn I can't do like busy places or anything like but like instantly I can go in somewhere like and say if we're like meet here at three o'clock and I'm like okay cool I don't need to text you from two o'clock because we'll just be there at three o'clock and if you were to be like I'm gonna be half an hour late sweating bullets instantly instantly yeah. i'm hot i'm like oh, room man, starts like, spinning. yeah i'm like oh i don't know, you know and then it's what? like no if someone was like oh is someone sitting there and i'm like oh yeah there is but if i'm like a table of four and i can see there's <laughs> like five of them and there's one of me and i'm like oh yeah someone is coming and then i can even if they go have a regular night i can just feel their eyes on me i'm like oh bro like where is everyone <laughs> do you know what that's really interesting because like for, for, for me for the majority of my life, I was like 
the opposite to that. So like, I don't care walking in first, like I'll bring the group together, you know, I'll, you know, go to a networking event and work the room. Like, you know, confidence was never like, it was always not my strength, mm. but like, on reflection now you look back and you think like, well, someone like that is never ever going to feel like you. But it's never going to be like, oh, I don't want to go in or I don't want to do that because you think, oh, well, you know, they're this type of person. Mm. But like, I'll tell you what, that that second lockdown for me, like, I really, really, really did. My eyes were, you know, open wide to, to multiple different things. You know, like a lot of people, I wasn't working at that point. Um, you know, with, you know, events and, and sports have had shut down for a period and like, it's really where I started to like sort of dig deep on my own <laughs> and figure out things and actually realize like, oh, maybe like I'm not as confident as I thought I was, which is, mm. which is bad, right? It's like, it's a mad concept when you, when you know me and you know me at work and like, this is when I really started to sort of like understand imposter syndrome. And, uh, and you know, and that's obviously like what led led on to um to writing that article and i think if you read like anything uh, especially from like a female perspective about imposter syndrome it's it's something that they've experienced at the workplace they might they might be mm. working in a place that's like heavily male dominated they might be working in football or a sport and and that's where and and at the time that the article was published it was international women's week but like last year so it was like a real hot topic of loads of people coming forward and talking about imposter syndrome in career moves. And it's when I was like, obviously I wasn't working, so I had a lot of time to think. And, and you know, like for a lot of us, it, it wasn't the happiest time. It was, you know, for me, the second lockdown was like by far the worst. And- mm -hmm. um, Was that the one like went over was, Christmas? So yeah, so I'm talking like January to March. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was just like, uh, it, it was it was painful like it was like it was for a lot of people not just me mm. but it was it was like a painful experience and I felt like without my job I'd lost my identity I felt like mm. I'm not working everything I've worked hard for I don't have any targets I don't have any sales targets I'm not hitting KPIs like I really really felt a loss of identity which then led like my brain <laughs> to lead me down like thinking about imposter syndrome and, and all these experiences women were sharing. I was like, I've never ever felt like this at work. Like and I'm very mm. lucky, I've always felt included, successful, like in my day-to-day -day job. But I, it opened up like a big can of worms for me and, and, and the football thing. And how, you know, I, I was a very keen, avid football player from age eight, nine, 10. And then again at like 14, 15, 16. And I started thinking, and I know you guys have read the blog and like the, the incidents that I, I refer to there and how like, I really, like, do you ever lay at night, lay awake at night and you think about your ex-boyfriend and all the horrible things that they've done to you? And you're like, I wish I said that. And I wish I did that. It was exactly like that for me, but with like these people that I felt had really, really let me down. Mm, like mm. as a young female football player and and again, this is, it's like quite toxic because it's that victim mentality thing that like we shouldn't really be reflecting on the bad. And I really didn't want to be that victim negative person. So I was like, what can I do? And I put the two and two together, you know, got all these amazing women in these careers talking about imposter syndrome. 
Whereas I've, I've never felt that at work. But then I'm like, hang on a minute, you know, I, I gave up potentially or something I absolutely loved because of a couple of incidences that had happened at a really, really young age and where I felt really sort of unsupported and didn't have a community of people like, you know, young women have now. And I was like, oh, that's what imposter syndrome feels like. Like, mm. you know, I've been a bit, I've always been a fan of the men's game. I've been to, you know, multiple men's games events. I go to the pub to watch the men's game. I've been that female that you know, people sort of don't want to hear you talk and they'll turn your back on you because they're like, what do you know about football? And like, mm. that feeling I felt in those situations, <clears throat> that's imposter syndrome. That's what it means. Yeah. Like, I had just been, I've just been very privileged to have like, never experienced it. Um, in the workplace but then like on reflection I realized oh that's that's what it meant so like by writing the article and again like I really really never wanted it to come across as like oh poor me poor me like victim mentality because that that just leads to like a whole you know string of toxic toxic behavior Mm. for me I was like well what can I do to like to to really get how I feel out there to maybe speak to an, an audience that may be experiencing imposter syndrome in any aspect of their life. It could be in their relationship, it could be in their workplace, it could be like me, it could be like in a sport. And at the time, what's really interesting now is that I didn't have Instagram or anything like that like this time last year. I'd like really, really taken a break from, from mm. all of that. and. And I really, really wanted to do this. I really like had written it all out and I really wanted to post it. And I, I felt like it was coming from such a good place to, to help A, people during that awful time and B, to support women during International Women's Week. And, and um, yeah, I had a lot of comments being like, do you not really think you should get your Instagram back and post it on there instead of LinkedIn? And I and I, I, I toyed with the idea, but where I was and like what was going on around me at that time, it, it really wasn't right for me to get my social media back. And I really mm. like wanted to stay true to myself. That's really strange. I, mean, I think that's a really strange thing to say because it's kind of like every the social media platform. Fair enough, that isn't ours. But I mean, your social media profile is yours. So like, yeah, post like what you want sort of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but I, but then again like I was getting imposter syndrome about writing an article about imposter syndrome <laughs> and I was getting worried that like you know my connections and like potentially like employers and future employers or clients are now all gonna like look badly on, on me so the irony mm. that is just ridiculous right so and I really was at a point in my, at this point, really dedicated to like working on myself and building up this like confidence that I'd obviously lost from, from, from multiple different reasons at that time. And I was like, no, I'm not getting that back. I, it's not my time to get social media back. Mm. I'm posting it on LinkedIn and that's what I did. And, and I mean, oh, like, you know, still to this day, I am so overwhelmed that people read it, commented on it, liked it. We don't do, we should never do things like that for, for social media gain, but I think it was more like the support and mm. like some of the 
comments that I got back and like for me the comment that like got me the most where I was like you know what I did the right thing was um a guy a, a, a client that I uh connected with CEO of a, of a small business was like this is like the most inspirational thing I've read it's going to be my daughter's bedtime reading and I was like that was everything I had wanted to set out to mm. do was to influence the younger generation of people, of female football players or athletes that do feel lost in this in this world, this male-dominated world, you know. And I think for me now, like, you, you can be a female. And I just started playing again, like, after all this time. And again, I was so scared. It's been so long. I was like... I'm too old, I'm too unfit, no one's going to take me seriously. And I'm obviously having the best time of my life um, playing again. But there are younger people out there that maybe, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, upwards. They actually just love football and they don't have any interest in becoming a professional football player. Mm. They just want to play football. And I feel like, you know, we are at a place now. When I got my Instagram back, actually, I realised... Um, you know, now the wealth of talent that we have out there in the female game, you know, like guys like yourself and other content creators that are out there and they have made the women's game such a safe space. Like, it's amazing because that's what, that's what it should be about. And I think that's what, if you were to ask my 10-year-old self, 14-year-old self, it was like we needed that safe space for us girls to go mm. out and play and we lacked that. You know, like two thousand and four, five, seven, six, seven, um, and we are now at, at a place where we can create a platform for people to be encouraged to like sport and play sport just for fun. And 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 I have to tell myself this all the time. And again, this goes sort of back to like my day job and my career. Where, you know, your sales. When you work in sales, you want to be the best all the time. Mm. I know, I know I'm, I'm not going to be a professional football player at this point in my career. And I think, you know, even when I started playing up again, I'm like, I have to be the best person. I have to be the best right wing they have ever seen. <laughs> right? Actually, like, it's not the case because I'm not, I'm not the best they've ever seen. Um, and we should encourage people to just do what they love just because they love it. Not because they have to be ex, they don't have to be, x y or z you, you know, know what you know what something so mad like <clears throat> i always feel like i don't know how everyone else is like school life growing up like i remember when sports days became non-competitive and everyone was like this is so bad <laughs> yeah. this is so trash yeah. and i was like no i'm i was very like sports day was we were like year four we you didn't <laughs> win the running race and you're like listen i'm I can't go into class the next day because I'm embarrassed. Yeah, like, and I remember like thinking like, like I said it, to, I said it to my girlfriend the other day. I was like, oh, like when we was in when I was in year five, I was the third fastest guy in my school or something. Like, something so nuts. And I was always like, like you said, playing for fun. Fun for me was I had to be the best, and yes, like, I, like yes. Being competitive is fun for me. And it's like, if I can't be the best, I don't, I'm not, I'm no longer finding this fun. And yeah. the amount of things I've quit because I wasn't instantly amazing at is yeah. like embarrassing. Like looking back, yeah. embarrassing. Like, 
And like, even to this day now, like (laughs) five aside, I'll kick the ball away. Like if there's a free kick given against me, I don't think it's, don't think it's very good. I'll kick the ball away. People are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't care. And I'm like, bro, I'm wasting time that I've paid for. Like, what is wrong with me? Like, I'm literally wasting my own money and I can't, like my whole, my whole competitiveness is so ingrained. Like, yeah, I play like Mario Kart with my little brother who's like seven and I'll smash him. (laughs) And I'll stick it to him. I'll be like, you're so rubbish. Or oh, once I played like oh, once I played checkers with my little brother and I let him win. Like I'm not thinking about it, I let him win. <laughs> he's going, he's like, ha, ha, you're well rubbish. But I was like, you joking, bruv? Our like, family smacked him up, like took all his counters. <laughs> he took one of mine, tears. Mum was like, Why did you beat him like that? I was like, teach him a lesson, don't it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Our family tradition here is that we do the Christmas Day um crossbar challenge. <laughs> <laughs> they like well muddy no we, 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 we do it in our back garden we've mm. got astro it's cold and oh, there's quite a few of us now so like the kids are like growing up and, and so we're <laughs> it is wild to say the least and this Christmas just gone is the first year we've ever played for money <laughs> <laughs> I just honestly like I just love competition like I love it I hate competition I hate competition I think I'm completely against like I don't know some when I was growing up if it was competition I wouldn't want to play like really loved I loved playing football in school and stuff like that like especially year six I think because that was the time when you was the oldest like year 11 yeah a lot sooner but year six you was the oldest but you was allowed to like mess about and like, I just felt whenever it was serious, then I wouldn't enjoy it. Like, why are you laughing? Like, we need to win and stuff like that. I always prefer to smile when it's like, I think even as I got older, <clears throat> if it becomes too serious, then I don't enjoy it. Like five aside, people hated playing five aside with me because I'd laugh. Like if someone could, like if someone made a mistake, if we conceded, I'd laugh. Cause I'd be like, it's not that deep, we're here to have fun. And they'd say, no, it's yeah. about winning. And I've never, I, that's why I think Bro, I'm the opposite. Way. I can't like <laughs> competitiveness is just, and it's so mad because my little, my little mole, my younger brother, like next one up, it's like three years younger than me, and he just ain't competitive at all. He just does <laughs> yeah. not, just <laughs> does not care. And I think it is just from years of me like, do this, play me this, let me do this, let me do, come, let's play this. And just beating him, and he's just like, and he's like, I don't care, bro. And it wouldn't, it would surprise him. Like, he just lets me win now, and it's just like, and I'm like, yes, like this is sick. I'm the man, and I just like, like we went to my girlfriend's sister's wedding, and I was like having running races with her brother. Like what? Am, and he's like almost thirty, a doctor, and I'm like twenty six, and I'm like, yeah, let's have it in front of these little kids. I'm like, I'm gonna burn you. And I'm like, what are we doing? But I can't, I can't help myself. Like anything, like oh, heads and tails. Yeah, let me. No, we heads, we heads. Like, <laughs> yeah. and like my little one of my other brothers does magic tricks. And I remember the first time like, I went home, so oh, like look at these magic tricks. Mum's like, oh, he's quite good, you know. And I remember pulling the card out, putting it back in, and he said the card, and it was right, in it. And I was instantly mad because he got it right. <laughs> and I was like, no, wrong. I was like, wrong, mate. He's like, what, really? And I was like, yeah, wrong <laughs> really? card, bro. And he's looking back at his yeah. cards and he's like, oh, I did all the steps, right? I don't know why. And I was like, wrong card, bro. Like, try harder <laughs> next time, innit? And I remember being like proper, not not angry, but like, how dare he get that right? Like, that's proper done my head in. Like, you've ruined my day here. 
And it's just because you beat me, essentially. Every Christmas. <laughs> this is all of us every Christmas. <laughs> We're a very competitive family. <laughs> but I just can't help the, it. Can't. On that serious note, though, like I do, I do think it's important to to encourage the people that aren't competitive and the mm. younger people that aren't competitive. Like as much as we joke, like I feel like, especially for young women out there who they just want to play mm. like and just creating those those safe places where they actually can play um and where it isn't competitive i mean if you i can't even believe i'm saying this <laughs> as someone that's really competitive but i just think back to i just think back to my younger self and you know i feel like you know, i was let down by you know some really key influential people at the time and and, and just having like awkward conversations like I remember for me, one of the ones that sticks with me the most, and, and this isn't me like throwing anyone under the bus or anything, it's more like, I can't believe that's that's what, what the time was at the time. But mm. you know, like when you're at GCSE and you, you get to choose your four sports for PE. I don't know if it was the same for you, but for me- Did I, you do, did you do PE? Yes, I did. Okay, know? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so you choose your four like sports that you're gonna be marked on. And obviously at the time actually I had dance and, and netball and hockey. And then like, for my fourth one, I was like, right, I'm gonna do football. So bear in mind, set the scene, I'm at a girls' school. <laughs> Pop the school size of about a hundred. Mm. But in my last two years, I had just myself and one of my my RE teacher actually. Uh, had set up a women's football team and we did we had 11 people and we were playing matches and you know it was going really well I was captain of that team so I went to my PE teacher and I said well you know it goes about saying that uh, I'm going to be choosing football as my as my fourth but anyway, mm. here. oh and these words like it just stick with me and she said you can't because you're a 16 year old girl and you'll be marked as a 16 year old boy and I was like and at the time, oh. I, I just, yeah, exactly. It they makes sense. Like, a 16-year-old like... girl is not good as, as good as a 16-year-old boy. And a 16-year-old boy's talent is, you know, up here as like a 16-year-old girl is down here. And again, another reason why I just sort of felt constantly let down. And like, I mean, I look back now, I, I probably was better than a 16-year-old boy. <laughs> but you would never know because you didn't let me do it. I think there's so many teachers that put down students for fun. Like, I think, mm. and, and it lo- the thing is, it does stay with you. Like, certain things that teachers say, like, there's so many people that have these stories about teachers that, like, and the thing is, they don't feel no way. They've said this. They've crushed, like, your dream. And then it's just on to crush another child's dream the next day. Yeah. It's like, yeah. we need more. <laughs> we'll crush your dream on to crush another kid's dream the next day. Who's dream going to crush today? <laughs> That's just that's just how I I just don't know why teachers are like that. Not all teachers are like that, but it's like there was only one teacher I felt that really passed the vibe check that like actually made me feel like I could do anything. A lot of other teachers mm-hmm. is kind of like they they just don't have any sense of vision. It's just no, you can't do this, you can't do that, and it's like why yeah. put kids in a box when they can do it? Yeah, that was yeah. one of my things. I used to get in trouble at school for all the time, like answering back. I'd be like, why? Like, oh my no, like, God. no, like, yeah. if a teacher said to me, like, oh, you'll get marked like a 16 year old boy, or yeah. if I'm doing something, you want to get marked by a 16 year old girl, I'd be like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, come talk to me for a minute. And they're like, I've got to do this. 
and I'd, just, I'd happily disrupt the class. I'd be like, oh, like, I, don't, I don't understand what you just said. And they're like, well, well yeah. you need to understand. That. I'm like, but I don't. And they're like, get out. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I was exactly the same. And for me, again, you know, an all-girls school, small all-girls school, I could never understand the concept of, like, having to put your hand up to go to the toilet. So I would want to go to the toilet. And then, you know, constantly pulled in, my parents being pulled in, being like, you know, you've got quite an outspoken daughter, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, going to the toilet is a basic human, right? Mm. And like, they obviously change, like, like, you know, the schools wanted to change your personality. I look back now and I'm like, why? That is, that is a young woman, <laughs> like, speaking up for what is right. Isn't that what we should be encouraging? Because it is a basic human, right? It is <laughs> like, yeah, the whole, put your hand up to go to the the, and, and the, the whole time, put your hand up to go to the toilet it's okay like uh, but I was some thinking some of them you, like, say oh, no some like, of them say no yeah that's yeah. what that's what I'm they saying say no yeah well it happens honestly and, and, and I tell you now that does still happen today <laughs> oh fact 100% yeah like, it, think how mad you must be like can I go to the toilet no <laughs> what do you mean no like what's yeah. going on but yeah. I still think like so much stuff I learned at school I remember being at school and like my teacher, we'd just done like an exam. We did like a statistics exam or like coursework, I can't remember. And my teacher was handing them out and she's dropped mine on my on my desk and she's like, she's like, it's not great. She's like, you haven't done great. Like you should be doing way better than that. And I was like, I was like, oh man, I must have like flopped it. Like, like so bad. I was like, it was like, I, I'd done it. And I was like, I was like, oh, it's steady. Like it's maths, yeah. isn't it? You can, I feel like with math, you know, even though you're right or wrong, yeah. So I was like, oh no, I was like, oh no, I, was, oh, I feel like I I done all right. It was it was steady, and it was like twenty three out of twenty five, and I was like, bro, that's sick. <laughs> and then the teacher's gone around the room and she's handed this girl I know, like one of my friends who we we did the coursework together. We were in a team together, and it like we were partners. Handed hers back, and she's like, oh, like amazing work, and you've done so well. And I'm like, I'm one of the people. I'm like, right, I need to know everyone's score now so i checked everyone's score then i've gone to my partner and what did you get oh 22 she was like oh i did really well i got 22 i was like what 23 and then i checked <laughs> and i had the highest in the class i was like i was like excuse me i was like is this i was like is this a joke like what's going it's on a joke. i was That's like what you? gaslighted you i was like what's going on i was like i thought i did rubbish i was like i got the best in the whole class and they're like, well <laughs> you should really be doing better and it yeah. was like I'm, i remember the teacher as well like, I don't know who she was, she's in now, Miss Howarth, and she did it like a few times. Everyone yeah. failed. Everyone failed in our class. And to be fair, we used to take piss. Like, we were so bad. You've all failed this mock exam. Like, you all mess about all day. You're so rubbish, blah, blah, whatever. And I was like, what, what do we need to score it to win? Not to win, to like pass. And she's like, you need 70. And I was like, I got 73. And she's like, get out. I was like, bro, I was like, you yeah. can't kick me out. Like, I was like, you just called us all shit. They don't like being wrong. I'm not shit. Tell me I'm not shit. You sent me out. It's a stamp in the authority though, isn't it? And I think this is like where I sort of saw like my journey going. And Jay, I know we've spoken about this quite a bit. Like, what's my brand? What's our brand? What do we want to achieve? And I always say like, I'm trying to figure it out. And even within like Be A Good Sport, us guys, I think, you know, we all have sort of different goals and what we want to get out of it. And for me, I still stand by like having released that blog and it's things like this. It's like getting out there to be a, 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 I use the word influencer very loosely, like, but you know, a real life influencer out there Mm. to the younger 
generation and, and, and those kids feeling suppressed in schools because that stamping of authority can have like long-term <laughs> damaging effects and mm. you, you, you kids can get long-term anxiety for all sorts of shit that happens in school right and and I think it's good to to let to let them know that there's people out there like us yourselves ask me it could be a good sport you know they want people that are relatable like to talk to so sometimes you mm. know we we could be relatable or I could be relatable to someone not because I played in a world cup or you know I haven't I'm on women of the year but I love playing football and I can talk about football and for a lot of young girls that's just what they want and they want that safe space and we should be encouraging it and I think we should should be a platform outside of school and outside of authority for people to go to mm. no I think that's like one of my I went to like a youth theater when I was younger and that's like where that was like my thing like I loved it yeah. and that's like where you could be yourself and it? it didn't really matter but yeah it is I do think it is strange how much stuff from school stays with you I remember like the canteen I just got like a pound or something like for food yeah. I remember I remember that like, I was in year seven or year eight and I never used to buy stuff from the canteen because again I didn't like going in and there being loads of people there and there not being prices on it so I've got to like, ask someone or ask a big kid or ask a teacher like I didn't want to do any of that and I bought like a chicken curry. I was like, yeah, cool, chicken curry. Bomb. How much is it? Like super nervous, super little. Like, oh, how much oh, is the chicken curry? She's she like, it's a pound. I was like, cool. Got to the thing and she's like, it's a pound 40. And I was like, bro, <laughs> like the lady over there just told me it was a pound. And she was like, it's a pound 40. And I had it like in my hand. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like scrape 40p out? Like, like what, do, what do I do? That's so, awful, yeah. And she was like, fine, just give me the pound. And I paid the pound. And I remember like sitting, having like three spoonfuls and then just been in it because I just felt yeah. like, so yeah. sick yeah. that yeah. I'd essentially stolen a curry. Yeah. And then, um, like, yeah. I remember, like, being home, going home from getting home and, like, getting into bed and just not being upset, but, like, just laying in bed and, like, my covers up to him. I was like, you're right. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm all right. Like, she's like, good day at school. I was like, yeah, it's all right. And it proper, like, all the whole night, like, stayed with me. Like, proper, like, kept me up at night thinking that, like, I've been done over it. Not only did I... I'm embarrassed now because I didn't have the right amount of money, but someone of authority has lied to me. And yeah. I was like, this is, and I was like, I already don't want to ask. I already don't like going in because I don't like asking. Okay, but I'm going to do it. You've told me something, which happens to be a lie now. And now I've been embarrassed in front of this queue of people because I don't have enough money. And then I was like, this is hell. I was like, bro, I'm never going back to the canteen ever again. Yeah. <laughs> I was I like, know. I'm going to save my pound. And like still to yeah. this I still don't eat lunch. Like, I'm like, what, 28, 26 sort of thing. And I still don't eat lunch. Like, I just don't eat lunch. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. Those experiences save you a lifetime, honestly. <laughs> honestly, I, I completely relate to that. Like we've we've gone off on such a tangent. We've spoken about so much other stuff. Yeah. But also, like, I, and I, again, I can't really comment because I'm not too sure how it is now in, in schools. But, um, like, when for me, like definitely like getting branded. Like I, you know, I was dyslexic, part dyspraxic, the, the other one was maths. Like you just get given all these like labels and you, you felt like, and I, and I tell you what, even when I wrote that blog, I had to get, I think four or five people to read it first. Cause I'm like, I'm not a writer. Mm. I was like, I can't write, I'm dyslexic. I've never been able to write, mm. you know, I was 
rubbish at school. I can't write. I'm just, just, just so you know, I'm, I'm dyslexic. I like almost put a disclaimer out there to like the guys yeah. that I was pre-proofing it, being like, I'm not a writer. I'm not like justifying it. And like, actually that is complete like PTSD from school being told you can't do, do something because of this brand. And actually like, oh, I should have sent it to some teachers actually. <laughs> look at my successful blog <laughs> and look how well written it was. And <laughs> next I'll write a book. <laughs> but those it's, things- It's like, hard though. Like, yeah, of course. <clears throat> stuff that you yeah. get told is just like, oh, and it is the, that person is a person of authority. If they tell you something, you're like, oh, yeah what are they gaining from lying sort of thing so you just think yeah that's truth like that's so truth exactly exactly and you know like even if you're labeled with any of these things you are you are capable of so much you are capable of absolutely anything and i think what's really sad is like having seen myself some people you know have been diagnosed with autism asperger's um you know, manic depression at a young age, and you know, they're so young, and they're just being told, like, you're not capable of this, that, or the mm. other. You might want to start adjusting your life now so you're ready, and actually, like, oh, it makes me so angry because I'm like, you just want to, uh, you just want to mentor absolutely every single person, don't you? And you want to help every single person and just, you know, let and let these people know that that have been deemed, you know, um. I'm capable of doing certain things. It's really, really not the case at all. I worked with at uni and um, one of my uni projects was a um, to produce a show using um, kids from a youth club that were deemed, and this is like quote, the youth clubs deemed at, at, at risk of offending by the government. So they had been expelled from school and they go to this youth club. So like already they haven't even offended <laughs> and they're mm. at risk of offending. Like, Oh, like what? Well, uh, that was like a normal thing, though, because we used to have one of them, and it was like yeah, it's called, like the amb- It was the Amber Center because it yeah. was like they're not like they're not quite bad enough to be red, which is like juvie, but like you might be caused trouble at school, so you're Amber. And, like yeah. you go in the Amber Center, and it's so nuts. I was like, this is yeah. crazy, bro. It like, was so nuts. And like my project was to go in and work with them, and imagine this: like set the scene um, was to get them to learn a dance <laughs> and perform it on the stage. <laughs> So like you think, you know, I'm working with, you know, like, oh, these kids are amazing, you know, the personalities that just like shine through, but, you know, kids that would never, ever have even thought about the concept of learning a dance, let alone performing it on stage in front of an audience. And like that project, I think, from start to finish, still to this day, is like one of the most rewarding things I've ever, ever done. And, and they all did it and they absolutely loved it, like every single one of them. <laughs> it's just like people just need or especially children like they just need time like you don't need to write someone off because they're a little bit different or not what you want to deal with on that day sort of thing like they're, they're not a problem it's just like they might might have to not everyone's not everyone's the same and it's so everyone reacts differently so mm-hmm. where if you're an English teacher and you want everyone to sit down and copy what's on the board someone might not learn like that someone might find that really hard but the same student might give a laptop and they're writing wizards sort of thing and they can pen a sentence and all that it is it's just it's just dealing with I mean it doesn't help that it's like what one teacher to 30 students or something ridiculous like really you want it to be like one to like maybe 10 
and I mean that is that's down partly to the the education system but it is so many kids get written off so quickly like oh you're disrupting get out of here like, I'm not I'm not dealing with yeah. this mm-hmm. it's really sad like it's really 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 sad and again I wish I could and all of us would come together and help every single person and, and encourage every single person and there are so many people out there that could actually help the cause and that are in position mm. to help the cause and and then just you know now with of the way this country going is going uh, the way it is we're going to see probably a lot a lot more of this and a lot more stuff being taken away yeah um, it's gonna it's gonna get worse before it gets better if it ever yeah. gets better yeah no exactly let's let's move on to two two things that you that you are passionate about let's go football and events but let, let's yeah. i'm going to combine them this is going to be my segue so it's football and events two things you're very passionate about and i'm going to segue into the women's euros yeah i've got tickets what, what? you got tickets yeah <laughs> yeah i've got random games though i've got um brentford at brentford i've got spain and then i've got winner of our group versus runner up of group b at the annex so yeah, really random games at the moment. But there are more tickets are being released next week. And I think mm. I mean, getting goes. to see getting to see Spain is I mean, yeah, Jay will tell you like that's yeah, that's a, that's a big win. Um yeah. but I'm just I'm, i wanna know like for you, what you think will be the the effects of the tournament, not in terms of oh, this is really good 90 minutes, like the long-term events for like young girls wanting to get into football. Like how how do you think that will that will benefit? the next yeah, generation you know what? of this... football fans and players sort of thing. Yeah. Do you know what? This is um, something I think about quite a lot. I've never actually had this conversation with anyone because I look at it from like my work head, right? I put my, my commercial head on and I think, wow, we are finally hosting a major competition in you know, up north, Brighton, London, between our, our amazing stadiums that we have in this country, you know, that is, that's, that's brilliant commercially. And then you sort of sideline that with my passion and I'm like, oh, this, to host this tournament is incredible. And I think it's gonna open a lot of eyes for people who may not yet value the women's game or may not, not just watch the women's game, they're gonna see it happening live mm. in front of them in in their cities in their, in their country because it's a big it's a big tournament like it's it's huge for us the hostess right mm. um and i think it's gonna for, for your average person if you take maybe the young girl out of it at the moment your average person that's like is gonna be open to the sport then you add like your question in about the the younger person they're gonna start seeing the older person who might not necessarily have any interest in women's sports. They're now surrounded by people that are taking an interest. You know, you look at it from a marketing perspective, they're gonna see, you know, whoever it is that they follow, who I'm not gonna mention any names, but their favorite player is, you know, all up Wembley Walk, you know, Mm. Wembley Way. You know, they're everywhere, they're on, they're, they're on adverts for, you know, sports branding. And you've got to remember as well, it wasn't that long ago, you know, I'm talking from a female perspective here, but like, you couldn't even get like decent sports bras for all women playing football. You mm. couldn't get like proper women's shorts for football. You had to go and buy the men's, you know what I mean? So even from mm. a like advertising perspective, you know, 
audiences, whether it's young, middle-aged or old, are now open to seeing all sorts of opportunities from actually watching the women play to, to, the, to the marketing opportunities that they're given. And I think it's gonna be a huge movement in every avenue for us, for us all. You think, like, I know so many people that now see the women's game differently following the World Cup and, mm. and watching a USA. You know, they were, a fake, they, were, they were a great team and watching them play in that tournament was amazing. And, and we did really well. And I think I know a lot of people, you know, probably myself included, actually, because I will admit, like, I've only really got into women's football, say, in the last couple of years. And I really sort of made my vow, a vow to myself in the last year to like, you know, give it more the attention that it deserves. Um, and, and now I've started playing again. Obviously it's been an amazing experience to watch it grow commercially and, and, and play it in grassroots level, so to speak. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's a really, really exciting time. I think we should all be really excited. And I think, what I'd like to see happen, and this, I don't know if this will happen or not, is to is for our, our male English fans who go who support the men, watch the behaviour of those fans at the women's game, mm. and maybe want to mirror that, so maybe we can end up hosting both games and and creating that safe space that we have that beautiful environment that we have in the women's game in the WSL, whether it's the WSL or it's you know, the lower divisions in the women's game, every, every women's game you go to is an absolute vibe. Am I wrong? Like whether it, you're going mm. to a WSL game or you're, you know, you're going to watch hashtag United, like every game is a complete safe space. Somewhere you'd want to take your kids to, right? Yeah, massively. Um, yeah, I always, I I always say that. Like, yeah, from I don't know. Like, it is. I don't know if you could say that which is sad. I don't know if you could say that about the men's game at that level, Premier League, Championship. I think I still know people that would probably be very wary of taking children. I think I know women that wouldn't even want to, my age, women that wouldn't even want to go because of like the reputation that, that surrounds it. And and it's not it's not every single fan. It's not every single person. It's just a culture we that we mm. now have this reputation for. It's probably in hindsight, a very small percentage of people. Um, but I, it would be nice to see like the two sports, male and female, like align in terms of being a for all, a for all sport for fans. For yeah, fans. Ma massively, if, the, if like the Lionesses do well mm. in the Euros and then we've got like the Men's World Cup in the winter, you'd hope it's just like, almost the, I want to say motion, but I think that's the wrong word. The, I don't know, like, I always do this. I forget words all the time. Oh, I know, same. You lose your train of thought, the, don't you? The, like, <laughs> when, it's something, it's, when something flows through, when it's like, keep going. The momentum, the momentum. So the momentum of like a successful women's yeah, Euro yeah, yeah. is like, really that should be like, oh, everyone now is in the mood for, like the World Cup because I felt like it did that after the Women's World Cup it was like momentum going into the season everyone was super excited for the WSL and then it was like then COVID it was like okay we put us back a bit here now yeah yeah yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 
like that's for me like that's the main thing if we can keep the momentum going from the euros into the wsl and people are going oh you know what like i've gone to the academy stadium to watch xyz and it was actually super easy to get to and oh you know what i can watch a lot of them players now because it's city arsenal let me go there and watch that and i think that's gonna be like for me like i just want to see a rise in attendances like it's black and white is it's it's obviously so hard to actually do but yeah that's where like going to the chelsea city game oh no it was city united and it was sold out and i was like this is like the sickest atmosphere i've been in like it was so fun yeah no i look at the media the problem is you the reason why chelsea and man united will sell out is because that's all they show you have to think there's 12 teams in the WSL. You only hear about three, four. And it's like, where do you think the game will grow if you don't constantly show the Leicesters, show the Reddings? Because it's like, yes, we know these teams are big, but they already had these big fan bases if you compare it. But it's like, especially with the Euros, you want to see players that play for different teams as well get in that light. Because I think... You want the WSL to grow. You don't just want the top three in the WSL to mm. grow. It's, it's, it's the same as the men's teams, though. Like you yeah. can go, you can break down. It's not. It's nowhere near as um, like in unequal as the women's game, of course. But like you can go and look at like the men's games that are on TV. I mean, obviously with COVID and stuff, it's changed because a lot every game was on TV. But like you can see like a Burnley who gets shown like seven times live a season. And you look at like the Man City and Liverpools who are shown like 25 times. And you're like, you're like, well, why? But it is, it's it's like the, the rich stay rich, don't they? All the rich keep getting richer. And it's like, oh, we know these teams do well. And we, they bring a lot of viewers. So we'll keep showing them because we know, we know they're going to do well instead of going, oh, you know what? We're going to take a punt on Brentford because they've just come up and people might want to watch them. And it's, but they just won't. So it's our show. It's just once they find a recipe that works, it's like, let's just keep doing that. Let's keep doing that. Let's keep doing that. And it's so detrimental to the sport, especially to the teams. Like we're saying, you can show Arsenal, you can show City, you can show United, like in the women's game. And it's like, yeah, cool. We we know about that. But also at the same time, it's like, you look at like their social medias and the push they get from like men's teams and our global accounts. You're like, they don't really need anything else. Mm. They get it all like, essentially internally but it is like the red ins the leicester's like yeah and i mean the championships even even harder i was gonna say yeah once you in the championship it's like unless you're really passionate about it and you go and look like i mean i struggle to find like live updates Mm. and i'm like i'm like what do you mean i gotta wait till the 90 minutes are up to see what the scores are like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, how, how can I not find live updates? It's 2022, man. Like, what's going on? Yeah, look, I think you and I, uh, Jay, we were talking about this, weren't we? And like uh, the apps that we use for, for football and how, you know, so, so we just about get the WSL like highlights. But for me, like, I have really enjoyed like this year, like supporting the those lower leagues in um, in, in football. In the women's game, and like you, obviously, you guys had Alex from, from Hashtag United last week. So, you know that league in itself is is like blinding. Like, and the talent is unreal, and the games are so much fun. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dulwich either. Like, that is a brilliant like Saturday day out to go to, um, and no one knows because. No. Mm. 
yeah, they're not getting that that support. They're definitely not getting the pay. Um, it's it's definitely not equal. But you know, it's all well and good. Like me, us sitting here being like, you know, the fans need to do better. You know, the awareness is going to be out there. So people that might not necessarily watch will watch. But there are there are corporate companies out there that need to do better as well. You know, we know football is money. We know there's money in football. There there are there are people out there that that should be supporting, and there are there are a lot. Obviously, the WSL has grown and has obviously had financial backing. But I think there are there are bigger people out there as well that that could do more, mm. and the media as well. We spoke about this um, earlier, but you know, like the sexualization of women in sport and how that still happens. Mm. Like, I've had to unfollow some pages on Instagram actually, like male football pages, because of the memes and stuff that's posted like obviously sexualizing certain women mm. in the sport and I feel like it can I, and I know people that will do it in jest as well and you think it's like a passing comment at the time and it's a joke and it's just banter you know everyone passes everything off as banter you know when it's when it's incorrect but sexualizing women in any way in the sport it's just setting it back mm. yeah and and how like and there's obviously content creators out there that have pages with huge followings and i think it's really really disappointing to see um that's agreed the- I, I think it's when i see stuff like that and it's like when i see big pages like if there's a bad a bad bit of play in the women's game and they clip it up and they're like oh right, they want equal pay and i just think like it's so lazy. Like, I just feel like this is such lazy content. And and the worst thing is, it's one of them and people will probably like, oh, no, it was going to do well. And it's like, yeah, you know it's going to do well because there's that contingent of people who think like that. And it's just like, they're, they're gone. They're lost. Don't, why are we even appealing to them anymore? And it's just like, I, I, I don't want to, I want to say like maybe like Lad Bible or something did it, which I obviously expect or Sport Bible. And yeah. I see it. Nancy does it quite a lot. She calls out. She always calls them out. And yeah, 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 yeah. She did, I think she. I think it was Nancy who did. She might have screenshotted like an International Women's Day post that they did, and then a few days later they're making fun of a a play or a throwing or something from the women's yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Well, how can you post this and do this?" And I'm like, "Bro, like it's so true, but." these like yeah. these big big like not co- well yeah big companies or big social media pages that should have a duty of care almost to be oh you know what like we should use this to spin positive it's like oh you know what this is actually going to get quite a lot of likes from the gammon and it's just like, yeah. like get a grip yeah it's so true and i think there's so many people that will like like entertain it so to speak and and i think the moment Oh, it's just, it frustrates me so much because again, it goes back to the the younger generation that will stop doing things and will not follow their dreams because they're like, Mm. oh, men or society are never going to take me seriously as a football player or a pundit because I'm not, I don't look like this and I'm not, you know, this attractive and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, the media plays such a huge part in this, both paid media and social media. And I think we should I should not be seeing stuff like this in this day and age because and I know what it's like to be you know a young woman feeling insecure 
you know, as as we all did. And then the last thing you want is seeing like your idol, your football idol being sexualized on social media and watching the comments come in and people's reactions, because you should never feel like that in your sport ever. Ever. I I just don't understand how people aren't like embarrassed to put in, but I guess it's essentially anonymous as well, isn't it? If you're, if I'm posting for a huge account, no one knows it's me, so I can sort of get away with it. But yeah. it's just, yeah, I just find it's embarrassing and just like... It is embarrassing. It is. And it is really cringeworthy. And it is, oh, so like, cringe. Like, makes my skin crawl cringe. I'm like, oh does. my God, I it can't believe It makes my skin this. crawl. But then it gets me angry because I know there's girls out there that will, it will affect them. And I know actually there'll be men out there as well that will join mm. in because there's the part of the banter. Do you know what I mean? It's like this vicious... It's never banter. I think that's the biggest issue with it. Like this word of banter, like you said, even when it's not banter, they say it's banter like a plaster to put on it. And the problem is like these social media pages are the ones calling it banter and Mm. saying that they have to. But then the thing is, they won't show a women's footballer that will score six goals in another game because... yeah. But yeah. that would, but that's news. That would get just as many. But they, if they would, if that was the case, they would. Someone scores six goals in a game, amazing. And I'm telling you, these accounts would spin it. Oh, how can these not be professional? Look at the goalkeepers; yeah. they should make the goal smaller. And it's like, no, what, what? Why is that? Why is it? Why is it super bad when Sam Kerr scores five? And you think the goalkeeper's are rubbish, but when Lewandowski scores five in twenty is minutes, is he the like, greatest oh, thing he's ever? He's the greatest ever. He's the best finish we've ever seen. What about the goalkeeper? Maybe he's too small. Maybe we should make the goal smaller. Like, and I remember seeing people do it after the United Southampton game when they were like, "Oh, like women's football is so bad," or whatever. Like, someone won like eight nil, and then like United beat. Southampton like nine nil yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah, and someone posted it and they were like, Oh, men's football is so rubbish. Look at they should they should make the league smaller, make the pictures smaller. And I was like, this is well funny. Like, this is actually like hilarious. And people are like, what are you talking about? Yeah, They're yeah, just yeah, United yeah. are just that good. And I'm like, why can't why can't why can't Chelsea be that good or Arsenal be that good? Why is it always nah they should make the pitch smaller or make the goal smaller or nah the goalkeepers aren't there? And it's just like you, you can't spin it one way if you want to spin it the other way. Like, it's just, if someone's doing something good, just be like, it's good. You haven't got to bring something else down. Like, And they forget it's been banned for 50 years. Women's football has been banned. For oh, no. How do you but expect? I have this conversation all the time. Yeah. With, certain, with certain people, not all people, but like, like, I'll hear someone say like, oh, I only want, if a woman's going to talk about football and tell you that she's got to be fit. And it's like, well, actually, if you like football and you love the game, it shouldn't matter who the hell is telling you about football, regardless of who it is. You see what I mean? And I've just, I've never understood that concept. I just, I, I think that's my worst thing about social media. Yeah. Everyone being a pundit, like, and <laughs> that's one of the reasons I can't watch football in a pub because I can't have Stephen from 82 chewing my ear off about football because I don't care, like, and I think you're wrong. Like, please don't tell me that Pep Guardiola, who has won everything as a manager, is out of his depth because he's not playing Sterling. I'm like, I'm like, bro, bro, if you're if you really are that good, like, you wouldn't be doing what you wouldn't be in a pub arguing with me. Like, you you'd be managing football teams. Like, get out of my face. Like, I, mean, I just I just can't deal with it. I just can't deal with it. 
but it's always like you know i could have made it pro back in <laughs> 1959 <laughs> so so many people and it's like i remember people like, that's one of the things i hated about uni when the football team were like oh yeah we're sick mate and i was like bro like we're all at uni together i was like essentially you're paying to play like you're not doing yeah you're, major, you're, bro, you've like, paid your membership yeah i was like you're not really doing anything major like i get like cool it's but it's no different to me going power league and playing like we're, we're the same and they're like no you don't get it mate because you're actually not first team i'm like oh cool it's, you know what yeah i probably don't get it but it is just it's just it's it's a lot of it is just double standards and it like the whole well, most oh, of it is it's just it's just yeah. grim. but you're right though like we're saying about nancy like we do just need to call it out and like some, I have, uh, you know, I've had to be in situations in a pub where I've had to call it out. You know, you know what I mean? Like we, mm. we do, and we you know we're all allies to each other at the end of the day. So we, we do need to call it. If you've got a platform, like you should, you should definitely call it out. But you know what's really sad is that I feel like people are scared to call it out because they're then scared of the backlash from the backlash. Mm. That's mm. what's even sadder. And it could be exhausting as someone that loves women's football to constantly have to fight for it constantly there's always some that's the thing what I've noticed with women's football is that there is no pleasing those people it doesn't matter what you can make the goal smaller (laughs) haha they've made the goal smaller shows it wasn't good enough like there is no way for them to accept it and that's the thing these people don't want football as as a concept they don't want it at all So it's like, yeah. that's why it can be exhausting because you constantly know these people are immature, they're stupid, but they, they're they never going to change. So you're always going to have to fight them over a different issue. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the hardest yeah. part. No, definitely. And it's even like, you know, you're talking about the women's game, but like, it's the same for women who want to just talk about the men's game because that, yeah. that happens. And, and people that want to go, women that want to go to the men's game and watch and watch that. And go to a pub or go to a match and feel safe and speak about that and they want to be accepted in that environment as well and it's the same it's the same sort of people yeah you know what you need to do in situations like that is throw out some i do this all the time just some like cracking football trivia knowing they're not going to get the answer right and just <laughs> walk away with your head held high that's like one of my <laughs> favorite memes that goes on when it's like as a woman talking about sport and someone's like, well, do you know what was Luis Suarez's mum's first dog called then? And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, they ask you like ridiculous questions that there's no way they'll know. And you're like, listen, I don't need to answer your questions to validate <laughs> my sporting knowledge. Like, yeah, I just love like when I, when it's when I go home, I always think it's the worst when people chew my ear off and oh, you work in football and chew your ear off. And they go, they tell me things and I'm like, oh, like, bro, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, you're speculating all, all of this or this is what you've seen on TV or from videos. I was like, I've been in the environment. Like, I've been around it. I was like, I was like, I know more than you. And then I was like, you can be, you might have been a way better player than me, but I was like, listen, I fundamentally know so much more than you. And I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm, like, I'm not going to talk to you about it. I don't want to, I don't want to, you're not going to give me a chance to be, to get my argument across. So I was like, what, what's the point? And and you get like the fans who it's like, oh, such a big whatever fan. And it's like, you can't, they can't see anything else or hear anything else from anyone else. Yeah, and, you're like, yeah, yeah, and you're like, bro, like you're so close-minded. Like mm. you can, 
And when it's like, oh, I like this player, or oh, how can you like him? He plays for this team. And it's like, yeah. I'm like, bro, like, come on. It's, it, it goes beyond the 30 players here. Like, it's, there's a whole world of football, you know. I tell you what, and, and I will say, like, disclaimer, like, I would say I'm pretty, where I'm at in my life, I'm a pretty new, neutral football fan now. I, I love watching games. I love, like, all, all leagues. I wouldn't say, I guess because I've moved around quite a bit, that, like, my team is my team. But I, I did grow up a Brighton fan. I did, I did love being a Brighton fan. But, you know, I wasn't going every week, and then you fall out of love with it. So then imagine now, like... You know, had to be. <laughs> it's quite funny in hindsight, but like obviously the team I play for now is like sub, a subdivision of Crystal Palace. So imagine growing up a <laughs> and then putting on that Crystal Palace kit. But like the first time, you think, oh my god! Like there are some people that would just never do that, ever. But you know, I love Brighton. Always want to see them do well. But mm. I wouldn't say now at this point in my life I'm like a, a diehard fan. But which is sad, but I think I've just moved with the game and I've, I've moved around a lot. And, and I feel like that is almost like the falling out of love with the game and coming back. Mm. Is, yeah. Because it's like, because I felt the same a bit. Like I, I was like growing up, I was like, yeah, only only City, only City, only City. And still like, I support yeah. City. It's my team, isn't it? But like, I wouldn't even watch other yeah. teams. But now I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I can see this team. I can appreciate this. And people are like, well, yeah. no, you can't, you can't appreciate that. I'm like, I'm like, bro, yeah. I can like, Trust me, like, and it is, it is, it's very strange, but just talking to people, talking to strangers, actually even people that you know, but talking to strangers especially is draining. I'll tell strangers this story, you know, like I grew up a Brighton fan, but now I'm playing for the all-inclusive team at at Crystal Palace, and they're like, how could you do that? (laughs) How how did you do that? That old betrayal, how dare you? How dare you enjoy yourself? And isn't that sad though? Because you think like I absolutely this playing with this team has been one of the best things I've ever done. Mm. <laughs> and you think like you put it into like and into hindsight, there are some people out there that would just never do that. Mm. Like mm. a hardcore Brighton fan would never put on a pants kit, regardless of like it being for fun or mental health. Or they could even be getting paid. So some people would just never do that. <laughs> But the thing is, what makes a hardcore fan? That it is like kind of like because I remember like what makes someone a better fan than someone else. Because someone see, I think the whole hardcore fan shirt, but yeah, comes from like the hooliganism. Yeah, no, back in the day when it's like I'm a hardcore fan because I'm I'm gonna go, I'm willing to be hurt for my team. Yeah, I'm topless in the cold for the for the pride of my team. I'm gonna go meet this guy and I'm gonna we're gonna scrap it out here. Like I'm a hardcore fan because he's just smashed my face in, (laughs) and I've done it purely because he doesn't support my team. And I think so much of it has come from that. And then even like films and stuff is like romanticizing it, and it's like even like like my dad was like grew up and that that was his era sort of thing. Mm. And then, oh shoot! And then it's like he tells the story. And he's like, "Oh yeah, like we were in like second division. We went to went to Blackpool, and I was fighting Blackpool. And I'm like, bro, like why? <laughs> like that is so dead. Like that's so boring. Like what are you thinking? And I think it is like I feel like the whole diehard hardcore fan all comes from the from that era. Like when it's like, listen, I'm gonna I will die for this team." Whereas now it's yeah. like you know what I'm a hardcore fan because I go to all the all the all the games. Like yeah. I go to 
okay, but what it's if someone can't afford that? Haven't you noticed that in women's football? Like, and that's what the, the, the difference is. And it's a bit like rugby, actually. You know, when I started working at Twickenham, I couldn't believe they'd sit fans, you know, England versus South Africa. You sit next to each other. Mm. There's like, there's DJs, there's a dance bar, there's like a whole festival going on in the car park. Like, mm. the co- it's so culturally different. And I think, and I was having this conversation with my dad the other day, like one of the reasons why we love watching women's football is because it really like, and, and for him, like my dad takes it back to what football used to be. You, you know, when you've got like players, you know, getting pr- pretty rough injuries on the pitch and just getting up, playing, carrying on. Mm. they're in the smaller stadiums you know it's not fancy it's not you know bougie and I think that's what's really really nice about the women's game is creating that authentic football again that we've not we've not seen for such a long time in the men's game yeah because there's no tradition yet in women's football it's new yeah we're making the decisions as we go it doesn't have to follow it doesn't have to follow what happened before so it's like it's allowing so many different things to happen and it's like that's the exciting thing it's annoying that women's football was banned for 15 years but now things are different now and now yeah, it can actually very, it is the whole the ideology of football and what people like this is across men's women's is as it's it's not new but as it's a it's a newer league and it's only just starting to pick up like serious traction so we can we can have more shape of molding it and being a more like conscious society we obviously can have a better effect on it but like when you see people complaining of like laughing at teams for doing cheap tickets mm. like how how are we laughing at people oh, like how are we laughing at cheap tickets it's like oh you can't you can't fill your stadium so you, you have got to do like that should be what or you your your team gives ticket free tickets to schools mm. how's that something to make fun of like i don't I, I, it's just um, it's so bizarre and it's like this whole and then I, I, to be fair, I see it on um, social media quite a lot when women have to justify being a real fan. It's like, oh, you're not a real fan. And women will have to go, well, I've been to every, every game home and away since 2008. And they're like, oh, actually, you're all right now. And it's like, bro, like, you don't... Yeah. It, the way it's, it's so televised now, and it's, you're telling me that some kid in... Taiwan who's re- watched every yeah. game and it's like he can know more than you or she can know more than you like yeah. just because you go it doesn't mean you're better than people and like because you're a man it doesn't mean you know more and x y or have more right to yeah. be there it's, it's just so it's yeah. so exhausting speaking to them sorts of people yeah no I agree I agree let's 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 end it on a on a bit of a <laughs> bit of a happier note after that after, <laughs> serious, after a serious yeah. rant there rant rant whatever that was I know. serious i feel like we put the we put the world to the world to rights so, eh? <laughs> what, 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 what have you got what have you got coming up what, what can we expect from you um um also? so uh we be a good sport have got a couple of uh shows coming out uh we've got some exciting guests obviously we had oh like amazing guests last season you know I think one of the highlights of my life was being interviewing Sue on, mm. on that show, having her been so influential 
to me for so many different things I think like it was really gonna be really hard to top that so yeah we've got some exciting stuff coming up with Be A Good Sport and and some projects coming in um maybe some stuff you know we were talking about linking to the mentoring piece as well so yeah that's that um yeah no definitely uh, I've had to take a break from playing football because um shocker starting again playing football at my age I've got a knee injury <laughs> Who would have no, I, I crashed my knee yeah. in the swimming pool on that the other week and I can I, I got a chain and my leg was obviously bent the whole way and I'm like bro my knee's messing up <laughs> But I, getting old is is no joke. Uh, it's just so frustrating because, like, I was loving it and I really thought, oh, I'm making up for lost time. And it, it's been, and oh, like the most amazing group of women. And and then I, I first started to feel the knee go, like it was mm. hurting. I didn't, I don't recall an injury as such, but I, I think... I left it for a little bit and then it was really hurting. So I thought, oh, I'll go and get it checked out. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's likely to be a torn ligament. Oh, um, oh. But what well, madness is, I'm just waiting to get it scanned now, but the madness is I would have just carried on living my life and playing. Mm. If I hadn't have thought, oh, do you know what? Uh, this might lead to early hip replacement. <laughs> I think. I think now that we're a little bit older, we're like, oh. Yeah, I start thinking. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, no, when, when you're a kid, you just play through the pain. It's like, yeah, it'll be all right. It'll be all right, right tomorrow. And you know what? I probably could have done it, but I think it was like, oh, I think I was like, do you know what? No, I'm just gonna take the risk. Bigger picture. Look after yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm still obviously supporting that group, that team, and um. And, and stuff so uh, that's not to say I won't be back very soon or, or next season either um like it's been like I said one of the best things I've ever done is playing again and playing again with no commercial gain there's not that you know there's no career ahead of me playing it's just pure fun and, and and I love it and I hope I hope all this exciting stuff that's coming up will will lead to hopefully working with the younger generation, the younger females soon. Sick. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Best, oh, best of luck you. with your, your your knee recovery as well. I, yeah. I hope it's, oh, it's nothing major. Now I've probably made it sound like worse than it is, but... Um... <laughs> Over-dramatise it. Who cares, you know? Like... Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah no. let's let's use real let's use proper like what they say to real like a professional player let's yeah. let's indulge in that you know <laughs> best best of luck in your recovery uh hope i hope everything's good um yeah really looking forward Thank to it. we'll keep an eye out for all your things and for yeah. your new shows on Big sport jay yeah. thank you as always for coming on my bro a little different setting for you today but you know we move um and everyone at home thank you very much for watching we'll see you next time peace